Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. I was very struck with Shabbat Zachor for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier, uh, that this was just going to be a very different Shabbat Zachor than even last year, right? Than any, than any other year that we've had Shabbat Zachor. And I was struck with reading through these three verses, how much memory is something that we talk about in Judaism, right? We, we have Yisker, we talk about every time we talk about Yetziat Mitzrayim, it's to remember that we were taken out of Egypt. Memory, and this is no surprise or new news uh, to, to most of you, I would assume, but memory is a huge part of Judaism. It's a huge part of who we are as a people, of our religion, and of our practice. And so Shabbat Zachor shouldn't be so surprising. We, of course, would have a Shabbat called Shabbat Zachor. But interestingly, it's to remember something that we wouldn't necessarily assume is the thing to be remembering, right? We're being asked to remember a people that tried to wipe us out, and therefore we are are remembering them to not remember that they, that they want to do that to us, and then blotting their name out, so there, there are many contradictions in these, in the way in which this is being discussed, because even if you look at the first word and the last word of just these three verses, one is Zachor and one is Tishkach. So one is to remember and the other one is to forget. And you would think that those are opposites, right? That if you remember something, <clears throat> excuse me, if you remember something, then you haven't forgotten it. <laughs> you're, rem- you're remembering it. But interestingly, when we talk about Yisker or when we talk about Yetziat Mitzrayim or when we talk about Amalek, all of those places are places where we are remembering something that we will not forget. So, or that we should not forget in this, in this particular case. So I want us together, I brought many sources and we are not going to be able to go through all of them, um, but some of them are very short and just have like a nugget that we will pick up on. Others you can read on your own. If you have the source sheet, it was in the, it was in the bulletin. Um, it looks like someone's trying to get into the waiting room, those who, of us who are on that. Um, and the the way that I laid this out is that the first page is just on the first verse. The second page is on the second verse and the third page is on the third verse. <laughs> so the, the there are three verses. We're in chapter 25 of Deuteronomy. If you don't have the source sheet, I'm going to read everything that we talk about. But if you want to have the chumash open, you can. So chapter 25 in Deuteronomy, verses 17 through 19. So the first page of text that we're going to look through is based on uh, 17, 2nd, 18, 3rd, 19. Okay, everybody with me thus far? Yeah? Nodding? Devorah's nodding. Okay, great. So I first want to ask, and those of you who come to the Parsha class with me and Rabbi Shapiro, you'll be used to this format. I first want to ask, after I read these verses, what are your kushiot? What are your questions about these verses? So if you haven't already, don't read on, because <laughs> I want these to be your questions. I, I want to hear what are your questions based on these three verses. Why these three verses is a, is a, great, is a great question to start off with, but specifically... 
what are we talking about in these three verses and questions that you might have surrounding them? So I'm going to read for us in English the, the three verses. Again, Deuteronomy 25, verses 17 through 19. So remember that which Amalek did to you on your way, on the journey, in your going out from Egypt. I'm going to read this next line just in English. How Amalek surprised you on the march and cutting down all the stragglers in your rear when you were famished and weary, and he did not fear God. I left that he in there for a reason. If I just gave you a kushia, great. Therefore, when Adonai, your God, grants you safety from all your enemies around you in the land that Adonai, your God, is giving you as a hereditary portion, we will wipe out the memory of Amalek from under the sky, right, on, on the face of the, on the earth, and do not forget. All right, questions? If you raise your hand, I'll call on you. <laughs> yes, Paula. Hi, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Um, I guess what I'm wondering is what, what we're not supposed to forget. Because right. are we remembering we left? Are we remembering Amalek? Are we remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim? What are we supposed to not forget? Great. It seems very clear what it is that we are remembering. It doesn't seem so clear what it is that we're supposed to forget. Because it just says, do not forget. Great. Joanna. I'm fascinated that what we read, it's sort of like the same question I have about the Passover Haggadah, like why we read this and not the actual story back in Exodus when Amalek did whatever it was he did to us. Um, I would, And I get it that the mitzvah is here, but I would say like, then we should be reading both. And the other thing also is, this also seems to me a much more dramatic version of Amalek than what we get in Exodus. In Exodus, he's kind of just the run-of-the-mill obstacle that we encounter numerous times. There's nothing in Exodus about him attacking from behind, him attacking the weak and the weary. So all of a sudden, we have a much more dramatic version of the story, and we're not looking back to the original and why. Fantastic. So one of the things that Deuteronomy does best is recount things that have happened in the other really three uh, books of Torah. And this is an, is an example of exactly what you just pointed out for us, which is we had a story in Deuteronomy. It takes that story a little bit further, puts a law to it and embellishes that which happened. Now, not embellished in like an untruthful way, but just gave us reason beyond what might have seemed uh apparent when we first heard about Amalek gives us the actual like the like the midrash almost on on what happened to give us the meat behind the actual occurrence uh Carl I see your hand though not your face uh, uh I can I can turn that back on I think yes <laughs> you can there you go so my question is what is it we're supposed to blot out and one possibility is the actual Amalekite people or nation because they were so evil, so there won't be any of them around anymore. Maybe we're supposed to plot out the human uh, behavior type of, of picking mm. on the weak and the hindmost so that it won't exist in the world anymore. 
And so maybe what we're supposed to remember is to get rid of that kind of behavior in the world. Great. So is it the people themselves, like anybody who comes from Amalek, or is it the type of behavior that they were showing that we see in all kinds of people who might not have even been Amalek's descendants? Devorah. I think you just have to unmute first. There you go. Oh, now you're muted again. Oh, it's like watching. It's like watching a game. I can see you unmute, then mute, then unmute, then mute. Try to unmute one more time, Devorah. Maybe our text can help you unmute. There you go. You're unmuted. Uh, bringing it into uh, contemporary history, uh, we remember the Shoah. But yes. we have to remember the head of the, the Reich. The, the, you know, we blot out his name. We don't talk about his name, but we talk about the consequences of what he put into, into being. And uh, the Shoah, we remember so I don't have to repeat that. Do you no, 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 that was great. Before you mute again, just I want to I want to push you to tell us why, because you're exactly on the right track of where I'm going with this teaching. But why is that the case? Why do we choose to remember, but then also forget certain aspects? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> it's like a it's like a funny a funny game. Um. I know that when I talk to my, my children and grandchildren, I talk about the consequences of the Holocaust, but I never talk about the leader. I never yeah. mention, I don't even want to mention his name now yeah. because it, 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 it should be blotted out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we blot out other names throughout our history, but we don't right. get the consequences of what happened Great. during okay. that. So you bring up a really important point that we're going to that we're going to come back to, which is we continue to tell our generations or even just those around us who didn't necessarily know about this. We continue to tell them that which happened because there are consequences for for the behaviors, for the events in history. And there are ways in which we don't need to bring up every little detail to be able to remember. We can remember the lessons. We can remember the the history without having it need to be detail specific. That's not necessarily the point of the memory. Great. Uh, Stan and then... Rebecca, Jeff, I see you're unmuted. Okay. Stan, oh, wow, there's lots of hands now. Okay. Stan, Jeff, Rebecca, Hermans, Brandt. I've always been struck by the, the phrase, Velo Yare Elohim. Yes, great. And it's, it's like, well, okay, is it because the Amalek didn't fear God or the people didn't fear God? Or a third thought is that. Were they so complacent that they didn't understand Amalek? Great, great. So what's this lo yirah Elohim? Um, Yareh, excuse me, Elohim. Who, who is that referring to? Why is that necessary for us to know? And... And then what, right? What, and then what do we do with that? Um, I did bring two commentaries on that because I too find that to be a very fascinating piece in this, uh, in this second verse. So we'll get to that. Uh, did I call on Jeff next? Jeff. So this is a very literal reading, but it says, when the Lord your God grants you safety from all your enemies around you, that's when you perform this deed of blotting out the memory. 
since Israel is surrounded by enemies who invade from time to time, is this a mitzvah that we don't perform now? Hmm. Or is it part of the reason why we perform it? That is a brilliant question. Um, and I hadn't read it, you know, with the modern day twist. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. It's a, that's a really important question and, and one that, that could determine how we then practice Shabbat Zachor for the future, right? What is it that we are remembering or should we be doing it kind of full out if this is still something that we struggle with? That's a very profound question. Thank you. Hermans, did I call on you next? I think so. We're just going to go in a new order. Hermans. <laughs> yeah, they're all good questions. Uh, my question is goes back to, I guess I'll even call it first principles. It's the who, why, and when. So mm-hmm. who are we talking about? Why are we reading this now? Because Shabbat Zohar always comes on the Shabbat before, before Purim. The answer, part of the answer obviously goes to the uh, Haftarah that we read, and then then the Megillah that we read, um, and just the why. Why, why, why are we required of all the things to read in the as as a as a maftir, uh, and to be commanded to listen to? Because this is the one week you're so you don't have to listen. You don't have to be in shul and listen. Why, why is this so important? Yeah. Great. And I, I hope that we have an answer to that by the end, <laughs> at least the why, um, by the end of this, by the end of this learning together. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I hope we have an answer by the end. Brant. Yeah. I'm struck by the dichotomy between, um, uh, blotting out and, and, uh, forgetting, uh, mm-hmm. I, and do not forget and to blot out. And what I'm, I keep coming back to is if you don't remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. And to put that in an American context, we often hear amongst, you know, war planners to avoid another Vietnam. So the idea is, is we learn our lessons from the war in Southeast Asia and not try to become entangled in another conflict on the Asian continent or in the, you know, the African continent. And, they, and you hear this coming up all the time. And so the way I read this is that, um, you know, is a warning almost to the Israelis, uh, to the Hebrew people, to not, do you have to protect the stragglers. That this is what happens when you don't provide for the protection of the weak, the, the infirm, the, the hungry, that they can get, you know, attacked from the rear. And so... I, to me, I read this as a warning. What you're not forgetting is to protect the weakest among you from the various threats to your existence. Great. So with that in mind, Rebecca, you had your hand up, but then you put your hand down. Did you want to share a question? Stan asked my question. Ah. <laughs> it's always good when, when, you can, when you know that others are thinking of your question. Um, okay. So... Along the lines of what Branch has shared and what many of you have, have shared uh, in your Kushiot, one of the things that I was struck by this particular year is how much, if you read this in, this is why I put Shabbat in parentheses at the top of the source sheet, if you read this as, what are we supposed to be remembering this year? 
right? Many people talk about how I, once this COVID experience is over, what will we learn from it? Or what will we remember about it? Or what will we want to forget about it? And there are elements in these three verses to me that bring up, I I, I do not want to equate Amalek to COVID because one's a person and the other one is, you know, a, a natural disease and infection and has nothing to do with a human. Um, and it is something that comes at people who are either with their guard down or who have weaker immune systems or who are older and could catch you by surprise. That's one of the other things that Amalek did, right? You, you might not even know that you're in a situation where you would get it and then you get it. And so after this year, what are we going to remember, but what are we going to also need to forget so that we can move on in our lives? Back to what Devorah said, again, not equating COVID to the Shoah by any stretch of the imagination, but what is it about this experience that we will continue to to bring up and mark as we go along in our own future and also in teaching future generations, but also what are the, what are the pieces that we will, that we will either naturally forget or that we will choose to not make mention of as we are retelling this story of our time. Tamar, did you want to share something? Just that uh, we're all in this together that we can't think we're protected in a protected group, economically, racially, whatever. Right. And, um, and that we, we must remember that the, the human community uh, and the weakest among us have to be protected too. Beautiful. Exactly. And there is this element that we, I forget who asked this question now, but that we need to not only be aware of the fact that this happened to the week, but that we are remembering this as a community because we need to remember it as a community to take care of our community, right? So even if it affected a certain population or a certain age of person or the stragglers in the back of the line in the case of Amalek, that that now in the recitation of these three verses doesn't matter because we all need to take responsibility for making sure it doesn't happen again. So just because I'm looking at the time, let's get into some of these verses, though we could, you know, we could come up with our own commentaries on this uh, until the cows come home. So the first verse, Zachor Tasher Asa'et Lecha Amalek, Baderach Betzeitcham Mimitzrayim. Betzeitchem, excuse me, Mimitzrayim. So remember Zachor, like Zachor Yom HaShabbat Lekodsho, remember what Amalek did to you on your way in your going out from Egypt. So, the Orachaim says that the reason the Torah singles out Amalek is because this nation was unique, attacking the Israelites by seeking them out, not even knowing where they were to be found. This, this really, Devorah, rings true to your comment, right? Seeking out those who were different and therefore uh, unwanted. Just as an eagle flies far and wide to search for prey, so, so too the Amal- Amalekites marched through hundreds of miles of desert in order to locate the Israelites. Okay, so this is, a, this is Amalek and the people clearly almost hunted a type of people that would be easily consumed, right? Easily taken over. And that's 
potentially, I think what the Orachim is getting at is why then the back of them, right? Why the stragglers? Why was that something to point out, right? Because they were the ones who were easily captured. They were the ones who were easily affected because they were, they were at the back. But what I find interesting about this particular commentary is that what the Orachim is actually answering is this question of why do we remember, Right. And, and you wouldn't necessarily, with my sixth graders right now, we're talking about how to ask Kushiot. So sometimes I give them the answer and then they have to ask the question. This would never have been the thing they thought that the Orachim was answering. Right. They would have never, my students would have never said, oh, oh the Orachim is trying to figure out why do we remember Amalek? Because that's not really what the answer is. But I think that what he's getting at is that we remember them because there are always going to be people who search for the weakest link. There's always going to be something that searches for the weakest link, even infections, that can destroy you because you seem weaker. And so how do we make sure that we do not come across as weaker or we keep ourselves strong or as Tamar just said, keep ourselves in community so that even if one of us is weaker, the rest are protecting that weakness. The Tur HaRuch has a different response to the same question of why Zachor, why, on remem- why remember Amalek. Uh, so it says, Nachmanides writes, and quoting our Midrash, the, uh, our, the rabbis in the Midrash and Sifre, on our verse that the word Zachor is to be understood as remembering by mouth, reading the appropriate verses, as Larry mentioned earlier, whereas the words lo tishkach at the end of the paragraph is referring to remembering in one's heart. So to remember is to actually read these verses. So you can say, oh, like Joanna was pointing out, oh, right, I remember, I guess, a few chapters ago that this was a thing that happened to the people, and I guess we should know that. But lo tishkach, do not forget, is something that you should always feel, that you should never forget this terrible thing that happened. That doesn't mean that you always have to be thinking about it, that you always need to remember it. And I realize that a lot of this, this learning with all of you today is semantics, but just, just go with me, that the idea of remembering doesn't have to be constant, but the not forgetting is somehow in your heart and something that you feel something that will always stick with you, right? I've read a few articles recently about what the, the long-term effects of COVID will be on our society, whether it's shorter life lived, whether it's uh, social interactions will be changed, all of those kinds of things. That's not forgetting, right? That's a feeling. That's, that's a change to a people. But you won't always think about it, hopefully, a few years from now when we're not going through it. You won't always have to remember it. He continues, what is it meant is that we must not forget what Amalek has done to us until the time comes when the memory of his Amalek's existence has been expunged from history. So this gets back to Jeff's very poignant uh, comment, I think. While Amalek or his descendants still exist on earth, we must make sure that in educating our children, we impress upon them who he was and what he hoped to accomplish, namely the extinction of the Jewish people by any means possible. So to Jeff's point, it's, you know, I guess what, what the Torah Aruch is getting at here is that, of course, we would continue, even if we are not in that utopian society yet where we are safe from all of our enemies, of course, we would, we would continue to read this because this was a specific kind of enemy that we want people to remember 
that this happened to our people and to hope that it doesn't happen um, again. I still want to think about your question, but the Torah Ruch seemed to have a, a quick answer. Um, this next Megillah piece, feel free to read. I think it's very interesting, but we're going we're gonna to move on to the second verse. Does anybody have a question or a comment about the first verse of the Shabbat Zachor line? Yeah, Gabriela Litov. You just have to unmute first. <laughs> unmute. <laughs> Duh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the thing is also, uh, we have to be alert. This, this reminds us yeah. that we have to be alert to uh, challenges to our existence. We yes. can't remain passive in terms of when someone says something, uh, now the modern version of anti-Semitism is anti- anti-Zionism, and we have to be alert to that. We have to, I mean, uh, look at, you know, take seriously what we read about in on Zoom, if we belong to organizations that support Israel, mm-hmm. or uh, what's going on in campuses. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if Jews are alert to what's happening, for instance, in, during the time of Hitler, uh, the Jews were not, some Jews, I mean, were alert to it, mm-hmm. and some Jews, and it includes members of my family, mm-hmm. were not alert. My father was alert to it, but my grandfather, you know, he says, well, I, I'm a veteran with medals, and I'm, you know, it doesn't refer to me, but my father said, look, it refers to all Jews. Mm-hmm. We have to remember, we we can't just be passive. We have to see the enemy coming mm-hmm. and be alert to it. Great. Alert is a really good word to use. And it that it also goes back to this idea of lotishkach, right? That that we will continue once something has happened to us, we will continue to be alert to it. Right. right. Every time I clear my throat on this Zoom with all of you, which by the way, I think I've figured out is because it's so air conditioned in here. That's why I just get very dry. But my whole family wants to know, do you are you do you feel okay? Are you fine? Do you have a cough? Are you going you know? <laughs> so so we are more alert to those kinds of things because of the world that we're living in. So that's the lo tishkach. That's the do not forget because that's a feeling that will now remain with us. That will never go away because we, we have lived through a time when it was important to be alert to those things. Okay, Joanna, and then we'll go to the second, the second verse. So you started this by, um, you know, asking us to ask ourselves, you know, the tough questions. And I think, you know, hearing this um, latest turn in in the discussion, um, another tough question I think we have to ask ourselves, I'm kind of picking up on Gabriella's comment of not just being alert, but then what does that alertness do in terms of leading us to action? So the tough question here is the question that we ask ourselves about, why did we allow ourselves to march in a formation where the weak and the weary were straggling at the end and no one was looking out for them? Yeah. You know, in COVID-19, we're wearing masks, not so much to protect ourselves. We right. may feel perfectly healthy. It's about protecting others around us who may be more compromised. And how do we read that kind of action back into how we act as a people in terms of looking out for the weak and the weary and, um, those otherwise who are fragile. 
Great. And that's actually this next piece here. And I think that that goes to what Tamar said, which is as a community, we also need to make sure that our formation is different or the way that we think about taking care of one another is different. Right. It's, it's part of what I spoke about last week, which is when we all come back, when when the doors to Temple Beth Am are back open and you are welcome to come into the sanctuary, my guess is that you can't see my setup right now, but it won't look exactly like this. There won't be a TV screen with all of your faces, but there will be a way for the live stream to be better so that people who feel like they need to be at home to be safe can be home and safe at home. So I do, I think that that formation, I love, I love using that as a visual, but also as a term for this, will have to change so that we can do exactly what you, what you're bringing up, which is make sure that that memory that we have changes the way that we then behave. Because that not forgetting is the action. We need to make sure that we do not forget so that we can do something about it because that overwhelming feeling of not wanting something to happen again is going to move us to to make change and to make uh to make moves uh so to speak in terms of how we interact in the world okay the second verse um the second verse is how they came at the how amalek came at the people right so joanna was just uh referring to this but the this word korcha the rabbis love this word. They have a very good time with this word. For those of you who like the Hebrew language and, uh, and uh, roots, couldn't think of the word, uh, this is a big word for the rabbis. They really enjoy it. Does it mean that they became cold? Does it mean they came at them as a surprise? Every, everyone has an opinion, not surprising for Jews. But then it also talks about the weak, right? It talks about coming at them from the back and to the weak. So let's look at a, at a few uh, of these commentaries. This one is from Rashi. Rashi says that Amalek met you by the way. Okay, so asher korcha baderech, right? So the word korcha is connected, Rashi says, in meaning with mikre, a sudden happening. Something happened. It was a mikre. Something happened. Okay, great. It happened. And Amalek came to the Israelites by surprise. So it just happened. It was just this thing. We had no idea. We didn't know it was coming. It just all of a sudden, one day, there was Amalek. All of a sudden, one day, COVID-19, you're in masks, you're home. All of a sudden, very out of nowhere, no one knew it was going to come to us. No, whether or not we, there were signs, who knows, but it was a surprise to us. We didn't expect it. Um, Larry Herman, I mostly c included the rest of the Hebrew of this for you, so I don't want to get into it here, but if you're interested, continue reading. Okay, the second Rashi here is that they were faint and weary. And what does that mean? What does it mean that they were faint and weary? They were doing a lot of walking, so why now do we have to all, all of a sudden hear that they were faint and weary? And Rashi says they were thirsty, right? They, they were just, they were in need of sustenance. And so the people at the back were straggling, just like when you're on a hike. I'm always the one in the back. Um, when you're on a hike, if you try to take around, <laughs> Brant too, great, we can go hiking together. Um, that if you're trying to take around all that's around you, or you're just going slower because you're going slower, you're struggling at the back, right? It might not be everyone else's fault, though I love that idea from Tamar. 
It might not be that everyone else had such a bad formation. It might just be, you know, they were tired. They were taken in the scenery of the beautiful desert. Um, so who knows? But that, but Rashi believes that they were faint and weary because they were thirsty. Okay. Stan, you were the one who brought up Velo Yare, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go to that piece. Actually, wait, before I go there, Rashbam has, has one more thing to say. Um, Rashbam says that, that this line of, um, of, want to read it in the Hebrew, sorry. Asher karcha baderech vayazanev becha. That Rashbam is saying that it actually means that, that it was an accident, uh, meaning that either it was accidental that they came upon the Israelites or it was accidental that all of a sudden they were able to. Um, so the Israelites either knew they were coming and then they should have gotten out of the way or something, something like that. But I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting way. I'm not sure I believe it, but an interesting way of, um, of uh, commenting on this. Okay. Lo yare. I realize it's 11:52, so we're going to do this quickly. Velo yare. So, what is what does this mean? And as Sam brought up for us, like who are we talking about here? Who didn't fear God? It doesn't it's not in a tense that actually tells us one way or the other. Um, you know, in terms of Hebrew grammar, it doesn't it doesn't make it known to us that this is an Amalek did not fear or that it was and the Israelites did not fear. Rashi seems very adamant to make sure that it was Amalek. Amalek did not fear God. Now, the next piece of it, this is, is interesting because it says, Milaharalecha, from causing evil or causing harm to you. So, what Rashi is saying here is that Amalek did not fear God and therefore was okay with causing harm to the people. Okay. I mean, that makes, it makes sense in terms of like what ends up happening, but is that, is that true? Is that what, is that the best excuse? I guess I'm trying to say, is that the best excuse for why they were able to cause harm? That they didn't fear God. And the, 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 let me see if I can find the other, uh, right. Okay. The Sifte Chachamim. I just didn't remember which commentator it was. The Sifte Chachamim says that Rashi, Sifte Chachamim is quoting Rashi saying that, um, that you don't need to explain this as being Israel. So the Sifte Chachamim, similar to me and I think Stan, um, is skeptical. We're skeptical that this would be Amalek that does not fear God, right? What if it was, I I forget who said this, but what if it was, oh, Gabriella said this about um, her grandfather in the Shoah, right? That, That if you think you're so high up in knowledge and in understanding, does it, does it become at a certain point naivete? Right. And were the Israelites the ones who didn't fear God? Right. Meaning not in the way that like they didn't believe in God, but meaning that they they actually believed so much in God that nothing could happen. So the Sifte Chachamim wants to make sure that we do not say what I just said. <laughs> the Sifte Chachamim wants to make sure that Amalek is the one that doesn't fear, that do- and I'm using the word fear, but it's really reverence, that doesn't have reverence for God, that Amalek must have been the people that didn't believe in God because then they were able to do evil things, as opposed to if, if the Israelites did not have reverence for God, 
And then all of this came to them because of lack of reverence for God. Brent, do you have something to say on that? You have to unmute yourself first. Okay, I'm, I'm reading this as a warning. In other words, oh. the Rashi is saying to the, uh, his commentary is, is that, that, that people are going to rise that don't fear God. And, don't, and God's not going to do anything about this. That you have to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And that it may be in the end, the Amalek people don't survive. Or in the end, the, the Germans get defeated. But if you don't protect yourself, then you're going to be subject to people who have no reverence in God, don't believe in God, and they're going to cause a lot of harm to you. Interesting. So I read that's this very, in a warning sense. Yeah, that's a very interesting way of reading it. And I, I, I like that because I think that it also plays into the way that that we continue to lo tishkach, right? The way that we continue to not forget. Because if we take what Brant just said and we we continue to remember that feeling or remember the consequences based on the naivete that went with that, then we will act upon it and we will make sure that we don't do that again and we will be able to move forward. I see that there are two hands. I'm going to pretend like I don't see three hands. Okay, I'm going to move. Just because it's 1157, I'm just going to move on. Svi, do you have a very short comment you haven't shared yet? Do you want to share? <laughs> Wait, unmute, unmute first, Svi. <laughs> I'm sure whatever you were saying was important. Yeah. This is a brief quotation from what I consider one of the great sages, but it's more of a secular one. It's Abraham Lincoln, and it's a well-known line or pair of lines from second inaugural. Uh, Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Yet if God wills that it continue until all the wealth piled by the bondsmen's 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk, and until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword. As was said 3,000 years ago, so still it must be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, other people have touched on this idea of sometimes there's a battle that must be fought. Yeah. And the fact that one issue, slavery, may have ended, I think the warning from Lincoln in this case is similar mm-hmm. to what we're reading in this. A hundred percent. Is that we must be aware of there are ongoing battles and whether it be COVID arising suddenly, other international things that we must recognize. There are times when we must you know, to the admonition of remember this yeah. and that you may need to raise opposition to others yeah. other situations beautiful Tzvi, will you after shabbat will you send that to me because that is a that is a perfect parallel to this and i um i, I would love to read it again and and think about it a little bit more okay the third verse i know that it's eleven we're going to go over a few minutes hopefully you don't all have like fancy shabbat lunches to get to okay for a whole host of reasons i hope you don't have that um so the third line. So we're now at the third line here of, of this Parshat Zachor. And we're going to mostly talk about this idea of do not forget. Um, so Ibn Ezra brings up a very interesting point, which is uh, a lot of Judaism and especially a lot of commandments, he says, you know, have this combination of you must not forget and remember, <laughs> which is which is true. And when I read it the first time, I chuckled because I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess that is just like a Jewish thing. We just do that. Um, 
but he's basically saying that you need you need that you uh you need that balance right you need that memory but you also need to be able to um to to say these are the things that i'm going to continue to to pass on but then there are also elements that i'm not going to um bring to the forefront of my mind at all times okay this next piece um is is three different elements, I guess you could say, from the Mishnah Torah, from Rambam's Mishnah Torah. By the way, the Sefer HaChinuch piece in the middle here is just basically saying that it's not just for you, but it's also for your children, just like for Amalek. It wasn't just to blot out Amalek, but also to blot out anyone that came from Amalek, um, which is also why Haman is a name that we blot out and all those kinds of things. Okay. So the Mishnah Torah first says to destroy the seed of Amalek, as it is said, you shall surely blot out the remembrance of Amalek. So he's so the Rambam is is pointing out here that to blot out the name means to continuously blot out, right? That you don't just blot out the name Amalek, but anyone that comes from Amalek, that 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 lineage should have blotting out. Um, so, you know, if Joe Schmo is the great, great, great grandson of Amalek, Joe Schmo every time you say his name should be should be blot out. Um, the second piece here from the Rambam is the evil done to us by Amalek shall not depart from our minds as it is as, is, as it is said you shall not forget. Okay, fine. But this last piece is the piece that I that I wanted us to to end on. Is it, this is also from the Mishnah Torah from Rambam. It is a positive commandment to obliterate Amalek as it says erase the memory of Amalek. It says very clearly, it says, you shall erase, literally, you should, uh, yeah, erase, um, the memory of Amalek. It is a positive commandment to perpetually remember their wicked deeds and their ambush in order to arouse our en- enmity against them. As it says, remember what Amalek did to you. By tradition... We have learned that remember means by speech, do not forget in one's heart. This goes back to what we saw earlier uh, in the learning. For it is forbidden to forget their enmity and hatred. So what, what this piece of the Mishnah Torah t- kind of takes home for me is that it's a positive commandment to do this, right? It's not just like, oh yeah, we should, they were bad. There's a commandment around making sure that this is a part of our lives, that this is a part of our existence that we keep with us forever. And for all the reasons that we've discussed, right, for the way that they came at us, for the way that we were affected by their hatred, for the way in which um, we maybe naively knew that this was coming to us, right, those are all the ways in which we need to remember this. And just, again, to bring it back, and I wish we had more time to get your thoughts on this. Um, if, you have, if you have them and you would like to share them, I would love to read about them after Shabbat. I, this to me, Shabbat Zachor is usually just like a thing we reread in shul, and I know that it's coming, and I do it, and it's fine, and usually there are a lot of people around. And like that, that's what I think of when I think of Shabbat Zachor. But this year, this passage for a whole host of reasons feels so important to me because a year after this all began for us, there are things we're already starting to forget. And there are things that we're continuing to remind ourselves of. 
because that's just how it's going to need to be for us to make sure that we are aware of this in the future. And the piece of how we came together as a community is extremely important to me. That formation that I think Joanna was the first person to use that word today, that, that we need to think about what we are doing, not only to remember this, but to remember the specifics to remember how we brought live stream into the sanctuary, to remember how we sent home packages for the high holidays, to remember how we called a member when they had a yard site, to remember those little things that are really big things, but to remember them because those are things that need to influence the rest of our lives, not because COVID happened, but because they were good changes to our community and to our lives. And that's all about the formation. That's about where we were, who was affected, who was in the back, who was in the front, who was in the center, and making sure to take care of everybody based on an experience. So I feel like every Shabbat ends with somehow, you know, we're going we're gonna to learn from this and COVID's going to be something that we learn from. But Shabbat Zachor, I'm not asking you to learn anything from COVID. I'm just asking you to remember it. I'm asking you to remember the things that you felt I'm, ask, I'm going to ask you to remember the things that have been really difficult because you'll appreciate those things once we're out of it. You'll appreciate getting to see family members without having to be tested or having to have a vaccine. You'll appreciate those things more because of this experience. And that doesn't mean that they weren't hard while the experience was happening. But if we remember it and we're able to impart that wisdom to the generations that come after us, hopefully, though this will never happen again, we'll have a better way of making sure that life in the in-between stages of this pandemic are lived more to the fullest. So I hope that you walk away with something to remember. I hope that you are able to think of Shabbat Zachor next year with this in our rear view mirror and being able to remember all of the beautiful things or all of the things, they don't have to be beautiful, that have come out of this experience that we are now using to make our life better. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.